Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now. I'm John C. Dvorak. And I'm Andrew Horowitz. And here it is, 1010 Day uh, on 2023, 1010 Day being a... Very lucky day, uh, Chinese lucky day. And it's be a good time to send donations in because you're doing it on 1010. I have a question. You know you know about 1010 day? I, I don't know, but it's 10-3. Oh. Next Tuesday <laughs> will be 1010 day. I'm waiting for, I'm, I'm like waiting for the punchline here. I, I was wondering, like, what am I missing? But it was <laughs> I'm looking at the calendar too, and it's like the three is lit up. But next Tuesday will be 1010 day, the Chinese lucky day, and that's the time to donate. I should be. So you got a week in week's notice. Yeah, I'm going to be back. I'm out of town on Monday, but I'll be back going to Virginia. Why are you going to Virginia? What's going on there? Uh, there's a golf tournament that I'm sponsoring for a client. Oh. Mm-hmm. So going to be there. Well, I'm back from Barbados. Do you buy a golf shirt for him? It says you got your name on the back. I, no, I have a, a, a gross of golf balls with yeah. my name on it. Oh, your name's on the golf ball? Send, yeah. me a, send me a couple. Yeah, I would do that. Horowitz Company on the golf balls. Uh, so, yes, I am. I uh, got back on Sunday afternoon from Barbados from my diving trip, which ended in disaster, <laughs> to be honest with you. So, uh, I don't know if you want to hear the story, but basically went down diving and uh, there was a big wreck down there, about 75 feet, and I was just going to go about 65. And I, I was having real trouble just clearing my right ear. I've always had that problem. And um, my left ear was fine, and I'm getting down there. It's hurting, but I'm I'm slowly moving down. You know, you got to slowly get down there. So I'm about 65 feet, and I'm finally like, okay, you know what? Things are good. I'm, I'm feeling all right. I, I, I kind of tilt my head to the left, and I don't know what came over me, but I, like, tugged on my left ear for some reason. And whoosh, oh, you broke the seal. Whoosh. I was like, what the hell was that? And I felt something in my throat a little bit. And I'm like, oh, it didn't really hurt, but it was just weird. And uh, then I got instantaneous vertigo. Everything was spinning out of control. So I'm like, okay, I've had this before. The worst, by the way. Yeah. And diving is not good. You don't want to, you don't want to get into a situation where you have to throw up into your regulator. <laughs> It's, it's, you have no choice, by the way. You'll do it. You don't take the regulator out of your mouth. So, uh, anyway, came up from that dive. It was an okay dive. It was an interesting wreck. Although, to be honest with you, the wreck was only there for three months. There was no life on it. It was just like this boat sunk in the middle of the sand. Oh, brother. Okay, go on. So, so then we went up and went, uh, long story short, I got out of the water. I'm like, oh, okay, let me clear this out of my ear, whatever the hell's going on. Figuring I got water way down in it, right? So I put the yeah. uh, usual drops in, you know, those alcohol drops that you just put in and you lean over. Oh, my. That hurt. <laughs> hey, what'd you do, bust, bust your eardrum? I, I didn't bust my eardrum, but I must have, um, I must have, I must have just like, like scarred it a little bit, you know, like, like nicked it so that there was some, it was, it was raw. So the alcohol yeah. touching it. Then I decided yeah. to wait out about an hour. Got back in the water. As soon as I dive in the water, I'm like, ow, that hurts. It wasn't the pressure. It was it was more so the um, the salt water. So I have to go to Dr. Brown. I said, I got to see a doctor. Let me go see a doctor. Make sure I didn't screw anything up. 
So here's how this doctor's meeting goes. Ready? I, I kid you not. I get to his office. He's an old English chap in hey. shorts and, and, a, and a plaid shirt. Can you see this? Shorts and a yeah, plaid terrible, shirt. Terrible teeth, glasses. He takes out the ear looker thing. You know what I mean? The ear... The, yeah, the thing. And, and you know, usually usually sterile tips. No, this is this from the bag. No, nah, I just he spit on it yeah, and wiped from, it off. This from the bag. Puts it in the right ear, goes, Oh my. He says the right ear. He's a bit beaten up. Bit beaten up. He looks in the left ear, says, Oh, yeah, this one's worse. He says, It looks like you have some hickeys on there. I'm like, oh. He says, I don't see any scarring or that you that you burst your eardrum. He looks at me. But that's not your problem, sir. So what do you mean? The problem is you're fat. <laughs> Sounds like some sort of a joke. This is some what he sort said. of a Jewish joke. And I'm sitting there going, what is he talking? What? Why? Why? Like is a this second happening? opinion. Well, you're ugly too. <laughs> I'm not kidding about that either. He says, look at your stomach. I'm like, what's wrong with it? He goes, you're you're you're, you're overweight. I'm like, what does that have to do with my ear, sir? And my son now be getting pissed off. My son's in there and he's getting like, hey, doc, he's about to punch this doctor in the face, okay? And uh, he says, get on that scale. <laughs> like, what, what, what do you mean, get on the scale? Anyway, he says, um, then, he then he takes my, uh, my blood pressure stuff. He says, you, you, you seem very healthy, though. I'm like, I am healthy. I said, you know, you want to drop and do 10 right now? Do 20? What do you want to do? You want to take, take it to the ring? Oh, Dr. Brown. Yep. So I didn't go diving the next day, but we did have a good time. We did all sorts of really cool things. Is Barbados is, is, could be one of the, probably the second hottest place in the world that I've ever been. It was Hottest. brutal. Brutal. I thought you did. The, you visited the Middle East once. I've been in the. Oh yeah, that was pretty down in Aswan. Aswan. That was hot. The hottest place I've ever been though was was Tokyo. Scratch oh, that. Scratch Tokyo that. On scratch a bad that. Day. J Japan. I went up to about Mount Fuji area, and in the Mount Fuji area, it's a full volcanic area, and the streets, the 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 surface temperature. Because all this volcanic stuff is going on underneath is hot. You got the sun blazing. Oh, I on see you. what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, that was well, that was hot. I feel like your 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 shoes are melting. Anyway, so there you go. Good roti down there, by the way. Great roti. Uh, West Indian style burrito, I call it, with curried beef and and potatoes. Uh, we have space degree out uh, out out in space. Fines being issued. Finally, something you and I have been talking about. We all always talked about. The idea of starting up a, a garbage company to collect the space debris, but it was outside of our our uh, area. Core of, uh, competency. Yes, definitely. Way outside. Uh, politicians are on trial all over the place. Japan has a car deal. They stopped. And House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is out of there. How do you like that one, huh? Well, that was expected and unexpected. The, the fact that it took him 15 to get I mean, this guy must be, feel demoralized. It took him 15 to get in, and the only way that he can get in was, you know, last-minute little deals and a little, little item that said only one person is required to start the, I will call it, the mini-impeachment hearings, right, of, of his speakership. Yeah, it just takes one, one guy. And then everybody else came along and said, you're done, out. So who, I don't know who's going to replace him and just causes more problems. Well, yeah, it means that nothing's going to happen until they replace him or put a, a temporary in. I think you can do that. I, I think it's, it's it's unbelievable, the political ambitions and how they're willing to hurt the country around them from from all sorts of 
reputational issues and, and, and just, I mean, this is not going to sit well with the rating agencies. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah, they're going to be like, you know, you guys can't get your, you just cannot get your act together. So the markets, uh, we're seeing that uh, the bonds are taking it on the chin. The 10-year yield last week was at 4.5. Today it's 4.8. And by the way, that is a big move. That was, the, that was when we talked on Tuesday. Now on Friday, the 30-year was at 4.65%. Today, 4.94%. That's a huge move. Yeah, but at least it's on the right side of the of the balance beam. Correct. That is correct. And what, what John is trying to say is the yield curve is getting more normalized. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. We have a really important number coming out on Friday. We have the employment report. Uh, expectations are all over the place, but most see it that it's going to be weakening a bit. That could be beneficial for bonds. The JOLT report today was much stronger than expected. The job openings report was, it was like 800 or 900,000 new job openings compared to last week or last month or whatever mm -hmm. the hell they, they put them out. I think it's monthly. So we have some very ugly market conditions and it appears to be the TTBOWTBW time is coming soon, which is a uh, shorthand of saying, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Everything's Don't getting sold. Yeah. Everything's getting sold. So if you remember last week, we had this big oversold reading and everything popped back up. I, I switched from a short um, hedge to a long hedge. In other words, kind of went the other way, which worked out pretty well for about three days. And then it just went kaput. So failure to launch takes us out. Yeah. It's probably good if you're sitting on it, but not for the game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, quick thing I'm going to talk. I want to talk to you, to, to you about, because I need your insights on a couple of things. Um, but I just want to pepper the discussion and start off with uh, the dumb stuff of, um, you know, it's the whole idea of inflation. I think people think this is, it's like a storm that approaches out of nowhere and it's a surprise and you need to, you know, it, it's nobody's fault. It just happens. It's, it's an aberration of nature, <laughs> you know, but it's it, it, this idea that it's some uncontrollable item that we're all victims of. And the problem is, that each of us individually help to continue the inflationary trend by paying the prices that are asked of us, right? We spend, 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 and now we look at the strikes and like, hey, we need more money because there's a higher cost of living out there. And that higher cost of living, we need to pay for. The problem is it's asked backwards. That's just going to keep on perpetuating the continuation of an inflationary trend by giving people more money, which they deserve. I'm not saying they don't deserve it, but the fact is that that that, that that's something we just uh, we're going to leave that to the end of the show. I want to come back to that and discuss it, okay? Yeah. Uh, and before we get into on the the other show topics, can you uh, tell me about who Huac? Huac. What is it? HUAC. HUAC. The what? House Un-American Activities Committee. The House Un-American Activities Committee. Now, explain that. Well, this was a committee that dissolved in the 70s, but it was very active from about 1938 on. And it was, uh, I, I wrote an essay, which is what you're talking about here, uh, for Substack, Dvorak.substack.com. You can go check it out, read it. Uh, subscribe. And uh, pound the subscribe button. And... Uh, 
And I have over, over the last uh, probably 10 years on the No Agenda show, keep bringing it up as, you know, we need to bring this back because they you know did more good than harm as a organization with the House of Representatives going after communists in the government and communists. This is not the McCarthy group. McCarthy was a senator. It is a House, a house uh, operation. And they... Uh, you know, would go after communists and and anti-American, un-American activities, and and humiliate them in public and get them to stop. I mean, this the, we have we're borderline turning into a Marxist country with some of the stuff going on. And so I wrote this rather calm, calming essay on on why this should be brought back. And as John said, smash that like button, hit that subscribe button. Over on Substack. So you just look up uh, JC. What's this? What's the uh, URL again? Dvorak.substack.com. Yeah. You mentioned uh, No Agenda, Adam Curry, uh, John C. Dvorak on Thursdays and on Sundays at 2 p.m. for all the wonder that they put on. If you haven't listened to No Agenda, by the way, I highly encourage you just for one reason. Forget about the substance for a second. Just for a moment. Just for a moment. The eloquence and the incredible mastery of these two, live, unscripted, with, you know, they know what they're going to talk about, generally speaking, but then with Adam Curry at the wheel with the the, 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 the music beds and the jingles and the news items, it's, it's, he's got like 12 hands. Yeah, he does, actually. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Now, he was also featured this weekend at a, an event. He was, uh, I think he flew to Houston? No, he flew somewhere. Houston. Was it Houston? Okay. He flew to Houston, and uh, he, he was texting me on the plane, sending me pictures. And, um, huh. yeah. And uh, he, he was, it was, it was a, uh, an interesting, I don't know if he followed what happened, or, or not happened, but the event itself. But it was about podcasting. He was talking about that and talking about some of the things about how it became and came to be. And then the future. That was kind of the whole thing. And he was one of the keynote speakers. So good, good, good going for for Curry. Very nice. Oh, right, you want to talk about space junk? He won a lifetime achievement award. He did. Time. Yeah. You know what that means, right? Yeah, it means you're over the hill. You old man river. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. That's what that yeah. means. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's good. Congratulations. Uh, Dish Network was fined 150 grand by U.S. regulators for leaving a retired satellite parked in the wrong place in space. Like I guess this, how would you know? Yeah, this, this, I guess this, this lines. They draw lines. Why is there a, a, a retired satellite there at all? They usually launch them into the into the void. Yeah, God forbid you're in the handicap spot. That's a real fine. So uh, this is reflecting official concerns over the growing amount of debris orbiting Earth and the potential for mishaps. So here's some of the commenting. I think it was pretty fascinating. So the FCC said this is a breakthrough settlement, making it very clear that uh, they're going to be able to enforce this stuff and have, they have the capability of enforcing this. Um, I don't know what you have to do now. Do you have to somehow send something up? Because once you send the satellite up, it doesn't have any more fuel, right? It just kind of spins out of control. No, they usually have not No, there's fuel on the thing so you can adjust its position. Well, I got a happens, lecture over at lunch once on satellite, some satellite. Person. What happens if it goes? What What happens if it goes? I mean, does it eventually come crashing Earth? Those low orbit? Satellites? No, no. Generally speaking, this is like I was told the following: one, they have enough fuel on the thing to move it around. These are the ones that are it, it, 
the or, the big boys, the ones that are out in uh, stationary orbit. And they had to move them around so they could stay where they belong. And then when they're running out, when they get uh, running out of fuel, and they they got enough fuel less for quite a while, they they turn they turn themselves around and boost themselves into outer space and go disappear in the in the mm -hmm. void. Well, the FCC says very it has few of them come down. If they're completely out of fuel and they, you know, there's nothing else they can do, they would come down. But otherwise, we'd be having we'd be having nightly. Yeah, I think. Because there's thousands of these things. We'd be having nightly shows, and they all look like fireballs when they come in. Yeah. Well, you're speaking about, you know, how many there are. The FCC says it has applications pending for more than 56,000 satellites. And the number of satellites has reached currently that's floating around up there, 9,000, compared to 2,000 or so less than five years ago. SpaceX accounts for 4,800 of the total. Yeah, those are those little ones. Yeah. Screwball satellites. Yeah. Well, we have a political funhouse. I don't know what, how they get those into outer space. I think those are going to all just burn in the atmosphere. That 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 will they're small enough to do so. When they come back in and reentry, they, they just burn up. So yeah, I don't know what else you could do with them. You can't get them out far enough to launch them into deep space. Yep. Uh, we have some political fun going on. Donald Trump is on trial in New York, civil trial. The outcome can be very devastating for his business, so they say, because New York says, you know what, you're banned from doing business. That would be a problem. So, and, and his kids, by the way. Yeah, of course, um, why not? And then he has, uh, I don't know, five or six criminal cases pending? And he's trying to get them all to after the election. Anybody want to guess why? First of all, I don't think you could have a sitting president going through trial. Second of all, he'll then have the opportunity to pardon himself, right? Well, they don't know that's true. They, we don't know if it's available as an option, or we don't know that he will do that. We don't know that he can actually do that. I mean, it's never been done. I don't know if, if, if well, if he's allowed to pardon anybody, but he for can any arrest reason. everybody that you know brought charge. I mean, I, the things would all be dry if he wasn't running. Somebody brought up this before, and I think it's right. If he wasn't running for president, none of these charges would have been brought. This is pure political. I think the Do you uh, think that if well, they, on January or in in twenty twenty one when he, he said, "Okay, well, it's too bad I lost this election. I can't do anything about it now, so I'm not going to run again." By that, he would have had even one charge brought against him. I think possibly the New York civil, but I think probably the criminals. No. I think the criminals would have been just gone left left to their own. You know the Georgia and all that, and the uh, the um, uh, the 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 election. I really doubt that any of any, really? including the New York stuff. Hmm. Just it's bull crap. And President Joe Biden's son Hunter is expected to plead not guilty on Tuesday today to lying about his drug use while buying a handgun. Yeah, yeah. Never mind all the uh, tax fraud bull crap. No, there's nothing. That's just small potatoes. Both families need to get in the White House badly so that they. We be able to issue pardons. Maybe, maybe uh, Trump will run and put Joe, 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 is Joe a, can issue a pardon right now for his son. Well, you can't issue a pardon now. There's not. There's no. There's no crime. There's, I mean, there's you no. Can do a, you can do it. You, you do a pre-crime pre pardon. Yeah, pretty much. Huh. I would think then Trump would have written something down for himself. <laughs> Before seriously, well, why not? That would have been smart if he could. I think it has to be specific to something. You just can't, you can't know, blanket generalize. Mm. Whatever I do is fine. Yeah. 
Sign Donald Trump. All right, let's talk about the issue that's plaguing the markets right now. Yields are rising. We know that. We talked about that. Long bond getting hammered. I mean, hammered. Markets are spooked. Fed's hawkishness is not helping. Government shutdown is not helping. TLT, which is the long bond ETF, 20-year-plus bonds inside of there, down 17% in three months. Take a look at this image here. This is frightening. This is 2021. Remember, rates were zeros or so yeah after uh you know COVID. Well, this is like way this is a disaster for anyone invested in this thing it's interesting because there was several times i tried to short this and it kind of just didn't end well it was like you know it looked like it was going to be continuing down and then then just careened lower and you're like okay that's over and then it did pop back up and they careened lower yeah, it's uh, got ways to go i don't know this is pretty ugly this is this is pretty darn ugly the, the um you can't really see it uh, I don't think, let's see if I have a different chart on this. Actually, let me uh, copy image link and throw that in here. Is there a reverse on this? Is there some other ETF that does well, the other side? Well, you go long, the TLT, well, yes, TBT. TBT is the short uh, bond. So if you want to go, if, if you believe that rates are going to rise, continue to rise, you would buy TBT or short TLT. Right? This is a long bond. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something. Let me see if I have another chart here on this. No and no. Um, but you should see the last several days, just a daily chart, the uh, you know, the last week or so, it's it's gone parabolic. It's just, I mean, the 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 yield has gone parabolic, which is the inverse of the price, of course. And uh leading me to something that I'm going to buy on the game today. No, oh, good idea. Yeah. Uh, bond vigilantes, that's the big word. You know, Bill Gross was out there. He looked terrible. I saw him in an interview tonight. He's not the most handsome man I've ever seen in my life to begin with. And when he talks, well, he talks. hence the name. Yes, that's correct. Um, the Gross family. And um, what's interesting, he, he, the way he talks, he has a high-pitched, scratchy voice. So when he talks, he talks like this. It's, it's strange. From the Bond King. And he went off into the, you know, he was doing well for PIMCO for years, and then he went on his own and he got the unconstrained and, you know, you know, he, he let me do what I, let me, let me do what I want with bonds. I'll make a bunch of money. Didn't work out very well. Um, but uh, the yields on the benchmark uh, were the highest in 16 years on Monday. So that, that's interesting. The latest surge shows treasuries are detached from their fundamental drivers, according to JP Morgan Chase, which is interesting because now you got markets under pressure. Usually you see bonds, Stabilize. That's the place you want to be. But everybody's pulling money out of the bonds, causing the yields to go up, causing everybody to freak out. It's very upside down and backwards right now. Now, they're also talking about that this move shows that there's rising, you know, there's a lot of concern at which, with regard to what the fiscal policymakers are doing. That's uh, what Yardini said, Ed Yardini. And the slide in Treasury has been excessive given recent economic data and the Federal Reserve policy, suggesting. It's instead being driven by fears over the swelling U.S. deficit. So we're trying to find out why. You know, if the, if the, if the Fed only talked about, you know, last week that they're going to have another, you know, that they're being more hawkish and rates will stay uh, higher for longer. And, um, you know, this is, this is very interesting that we've seen such a move that was already priced in, supposedly. Yeah. So something to think about. IPO, debacle, disaster, Instacart weakness continues to sh to just implode this deal. Um, <laughs> shares are now trading at 36% below the IPO opening price of 42. 
Now they got slowing growth and a full valuation of primary culprits for the sell-off. So here's what's interesting. You know, they, they call it the IPO windows. There's two different windows. One is the market's ability to absorb an IPO because it's new shares in the market, right? Got to right. take the money from somewhere. The second thing is the IPO window of a company in its growth phase. That's when the IPO should be the best for it. It's not. It's not when it's, you know, it's when 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 revenues and earnings are growing fifty percent a year, not two percent a year, or declining. And meanwhile, they put right. this piece of crap on the market. They shove it down some poor widow and orphan's pension plan. And it has slowing growth. And they, they bloat it with a, um, you know, the price because they have a, a low float. Not many shares are put out into the market. So it's, it squeezes it the first day. Everybody gets excited. And it just goes to crap. Same thing with ARM. ARM is like 20% below its opening day IPO price. And we and the and the newest one coming out, the good news for us, this is great news for us. It's another shoe company. Birkenstock. You know, this shoe company is so old. It, it's I don't even know when it started. Should we even look that up? It's I remember it when I was a kid. And it's like uh Kind of a this is not what you'd call a growth company that's being rolled out, you know, just when you should. It's like an old stodgy old, old company as far as I'm is? concerned. I think it was probably the fifties or sixties, seventies. Okay, there but, you go. But, but look, let me let me can I qualify? They're over fifty years can, old. Can I qualify that? When I said the seventies, the seventeen hundred and seventies. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you got me. Yeah, good one. Good. Birkenstock well TV and Company is a German shoe manufacturer known for sandals and other shoes, notably contoured cork footbeds made with layers of suede and jute. Tell us jute, which conforms to the shape of their wearer's feet. 1774, founded in Langenbergum, Hammerschback, Germany. Founded by Johann Johann Adam Birkenstock. One point two four billion revenues. Ah. That's not a bad business. That's crazy. That's just, just crazy. Okay, so that they're coming out. So, hey, there, there you have it. We have at least another shoe company. Uh, th those shoes are eternally ugly. They're, they're in the realm of the original Crocs in their ugliness. Not to mention- well, they've always been homely. And they were, they were, people would wear them, I know, in the Berkeley area because, the, because they were ugly. And it, it made, but they were- You'd look and you'd see people wearing these ugly shoes and you'd say, oh, Birkenstocks. And it was like a lifestyle choice. Yeah, it's like Pabst Blue Ribbon. We, uh, we drink PBR because it's cheap. We can afford whatever we want, but, you know, we're going to... I'm like, why are you drinking this crap? Because it's, you know, it's, it's, we, wanna, we don't want to show anybody that we're doing anything to... You know, be, we want to suffer. Because we can. <laughs> so, so. Japan is putting the hammer down. Japan moves to bar most used car sales to Russia and slamming on the brakes on trade nearing $2 billion annually that boomed in the shadow of sanctions over Ukraine and elsewhere. In early August, Japan's government banned exports of all but subcompact cars to Russia, cutting off a lucrative back channel in trade to use Toyotas, Hondas, and Nissans. That was $2 bucks. So what's happening now is they don't have all these used cars to send off and to sell. 
So the prices are careening lower because they're just flush with them in, in you know, in the other channels. Well, it's kind of weird, this story, because the Japanese drive on the uh, wrong side of the road, as we would say it, like they do in England. Mm -hmm. And the Russians drive on the right side of the road like we do here. And how do these cars, what's the, do they refit them so they have the steering wheel on the right side? Or well, I don't know, the but the, the story says this as well, wiping out Russia's biggest source of used cars. The sanctions have driven down prices for secondhand cars in Japan and left brokers scrambling to send vehicles to other regions, especially right-hand drive markets in New Zealand, Southeast Asia, and Africa. So I suppose maybe, are you sure they drive on the left side? <laughs> well, now I'm wondering myself if my memory is correct. Let's see. Russia, cars, side. Now let's see. Uh, Cars in Russia, left to right. Like in most mainland Europe, motorists drive on the right-hand side of the road in Russia. So right-hand side. That's the right-hand side. Yeah, like us. Yeah. U.S., China, and Russia. So what about Japan? That means they must go and on the left. on the left-hand side. Uh, let's see. Uh, which side do they drive in Japan? Left. That's correct, yes. Like England. As an example. Yeah, that much I remember. Yeah. Apple News, Apple has admitted. By the way, you know, Sweden used to drive on the left-hand side, and they made them, they switched them over to the right-hand side, and they did it in a very uh, kind of a Swedish way. They they First they had the trucks change sides, and then the cars a week later. Oh, my. That was uh, must have been ugly. This is a joke, sorry. Oh. I didn't think it was very funny. I was getting very upset about it. All right, Apple. Apple has admitted that an overheating issue is plaguing the iPhone 15, but has, of course, nothing to do with the handsets themselves. So let me just repeat this. Yes, this is a funny story. Yes, sure. The, okay. The, the handsets are overheating, but it's not because of the handset. <laughs> you following what I'm saying here? And I'm sure most of the... The people out there are like, oh, well, that makes sense. The tech companies insisted uh, that uh, pin, pinning on blame on popular apps like Instagram, Uber, and the game Asphalt 9. Whatever the hell that is, okay? Several videos on the social media uh, channel showed customers temperature checking their iPhone 15 Pros, hitting highs of between 39 and 42 degrees Celsius. Also, the other thing is I saw a an unboxing of the iPhone 15 and a gent who does uh, this all the time. And he does this weird thing where he takes the phone, holds it, uh, we'll say sideways, presses on the glass, pulls back on the back to see if it's flexible. What happens? He cracked the titanium. What? Yeah. He cracked the, the, the metal, not the glass? Either that or it was the coating over the titanium maybe? Well, that's weird. It was the back. It was definitely the back. And by the way, this this idea that it's not the iPhone 15, it's, it's the apps. Yeah, yeah. In other words, the iPhone 15 won't overheat if you don't use it for Correct, anything. Correct, if you turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So they came out with a fix, which is probably some horrible... Oh, it's some probably some timing loop thing right. where they can slow it down. So when yep. it does these yep. apps, it's running like a pig. Yep, yeah. exactly. 
That's exactly what I thought. Now, the stock hasn't moved much since all these announcements. So that tells you kind of the, the buyback squad is in full gear. Mm. Yep. Uh, big announcement from Microsoft Teams. It now has immersive workspaces. Do you ever use Teams? No. I use it. It's nice, especially the mobile app I like. Um, you use it? Yeah. And you like it. Yeah, because it has a lot of compliance uh, characteristics to it. It has saving features. It saves things. Um, you could you can utilize a calendaring, scheduling uh, Teams meetings, um, using it for staff and channels. It's like a Slack, but I don't use it like that. I use it for a lot of chat, some phone calls, um, meetings, and automation. So it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And, and again, it's compliant. It has a compliant feature that it keeps everything, so which is important for my business. So uh, that means instead of uh, your, this immersive immersive workspaces. And by the way, just if you're wondering, like, what do I think of it? I actually did all this today just to check it out. So instead of your typical blurred background, or even a slightly more exciting virtual backdrop of like. You know, you, and then as you're moving forward and backward, your head starts disappearing into the walls. Yeah, here it comes and goes. Right? Microsoft Teams can now take place in any kind of 3D location or setting that you choose, so long as Microsoft has built it. So, it's a, you know, they build these things and you pick what you want. So, you could do this, like, uh, office that's 3D, which I don't know yeah, the difference. Yeah, I, I, like I like the big living room with the piano, the grand piano. I don't, Have you seen that background? Yeah, I don't, but I don't understand. What's the difference between that background, which is a flat background, which is a 3D picture, right? And a 3D, a 3D setting. I mean, it's not like I'm getting up, walking around, and it's following me around or anything like that because the camera's not moving. But the big news, you can have an avatar. Mm. So I created an avatar for myself today. And, uh, you know, you pick everything from the lips to your wrinkles, to your size, uh, to your hair color, to all this stuff, right? And then when you're standing in front of the camera on a virtual backdrop, um, you have little things you can click like wave hand or high five or thumbs up or, you know, uh, happy dance. And the avatar will do all that. And as you're talking, the lips will move. Now, here's my question. If I have a camera and a microphone and I'm in, I don't know, a basic setting somewhere, why the hell do I need all this? Because you look like shit on the, on the camera, maybe. Oh. Yeah, but you think everybody's going to have, can you imagine walking to a high-profile meeting? No. As, with, as an avatar in, in, a, in a jungle? I'd tell them to get out, turn the avatar off. I'm not here to talk to some cartoon. I, I don't understand. Is people... They, it just makes no sense to me from a business standpoint. And even yeah, as on a personal that's standpoint. something to do with, with phone sex or something like that. I don't know. It, it's going to be even more immersive when you put on your goggles. Oh, nightmare. I don't understand any of this. The whole point of this is you could do multitasking. Why would I want to put on goggles? The whole thing. <laughs> oh, this is so stupid. So stupid. <laughs> I don't understand any of it. It's out of control. It's just it's just stupid. It's like, why do they invent these things and, and try to push people to do this so that, you can imagine uh, you, do a, you do a Microsoft Teams meeting with an avatar in a job interview or something? It makes no sense. That guy's not getting a job. Unless the, you're talking about the interviewer being an avatar. That, now, that would be That's funny. It. Now, that would be interesting because then it would be almost anonymous, right? Yeah. Even though they tie right into you. But, you know, at least 
I guess if you get caught jerking off on the on this meeting, it's at least just an avatar. You've seen the people you know, do like that, that, right? That writer, uh, Jeffrey Tubin. Yeah. There you go. Oh, and he's back on the TV or whatever. What a, no, he's not. I saw him. You did? When? He's back. I'm telling you. Let's I thought see. they got rid of him after Jeff. a while. I mean, they, put, they brought him back, and then they very slowly eased him out. I don't think he gets work anymore. Jeff Tubin. He's an American lawyer and writer. Uh, legal analyst for CNN. Yeah, I think he's still got the title, but I don't know if he's back. I haven't seen him for like over a year, maybe two. Jeffrey Tubin addresses Zoom call masturbation scandal. It's called a scandal? Why is it a scandal? <laughs> it's a scandal. The whole thing is. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? But well, it's a, creepy, it's creepy, creepy, creepy. Eurozone. Let's go to the Eurozone. Let's go to Europe. Eurozone manufacturing activity remained mired in a deep and broad-based downturn last month, according to a survey. It came out Monday and uh, showed that demand kept shrinking at a pace rarely surpassed since the data was first collected in 1997. Hmm. You have to go back uh, far to see some of the stuff. Now, this chart that we put there, and you can see all the charts over on DH Unplugged. Go to dhunplugged.com. Uh, this is episode number 671, and you'll see all of the... Uh, charts, graphics, show notes, links, things like that. How to donate, by the way, uh, for 1010 or 1003. 1010. What is, you know, 1010? I go to a dim sum restaurant called 1010. Well, it's lucky. Oh, is it lucky? Mm. So you look at this chart, your area uh, manufacturing PMI. Is it like 44? And it's come down from, uh, you know, the heights that we saw back... Uh, a few years ago, a couple of years ago. Um, chat's telling me that Jeffrey Tubin returned to CNN as the network's chief legal analyst on Thursday. Oh, they must have been brought right back just recently. Yeah. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Uh, must have a good agent to be able to pull that one off. Well, to pull whatever he's pulling off. No. Nah. <laughs> I hope they don't jerk him around, you know? But uh, anyway, the uh, the point here is that Europe is in trouble. You know, the, the manufacturing PMI is a 43. The service PMI is 48. Composite PMI is 47. Um, it's, it's, it's not getting really any better. So there's something to watch. You would think that they're going to have a hard time keeping rates up under this circumstance. Germany is really... The, the 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 drowning man of Europe pulling everybody down with it. So that's a big problem. Yeah. I would like to give an award, Lifetime Achievement Award for stupidity to the Biden administration. Now they unveiled a plan on Friday to phase down oil and gas auctions in federal waters with the release of a long-awaited leasing schedule that includes a maximum of three sales in the Gulf of Mexico through 2029. So, in a time when oil is at close to thereabouts 90 bucks, that they have to use extraneous measures, like, for example, releasing the SPR, they said, you know what? No more drilling or no more new drilling. Do you find that to be dumb? Yeah, if true. 
It's they talk true. a big game in this Biden administration about drilling and not drilling. And and then when you look at the numbers that are released by the oil industry, there's more oil being pumped in the United States than ever before. How's that work? Well, we had that because when, especially when prices come up, there's a lot more deals that come online, right? The, the higher the price, the more uh, wells come online. It's like any commodity, gold. You know, they and, have, and also look at the, you know, the stock uh, uh, charts for like Exxon and the rest of them. Those things have skyrocketed. It would have been soon as Biden came in office. That's the time to invest. And nobody, you know, that would have been the time because, oh, it's all hell's going to break loose. This is terrible. He's mm -hmm. going to want wind. But uh, just the opposite. 2022. But they don't talk about it. 2022 was a banner year for energy stocks after three years getting crushed. Yeah. So that tells a story right there, right? To me, yeah, I don't know how I don't know how this keeps the cost down, which is one of the big things of, again, inflation issues. And then you have health insurance, which is of course a, a very big cost factor for many of us. Whether it's the premium payments that you have to make on a regular basis, even if you don't use the doctors, right, or yeah. whether it or whether it's using the doctors or 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 anything that you're doing, it's it's a very expensive proposition. Yeah, it's terrible. And one of the reasons is you have these. Thieves, health insurance Cigna Group, which, by the way, is my insurance, says it reached a settlement with the United States over claims. It claims. So they reached a settlement, and there's claims. No, they obviously did something bad if they're willing to pony up money. This uh, $172 million. Yeah, not peanuts. It overcharged the government's Medicare Advantage program by making it appear patients were more ill than they actually were. Yeah, doesn't surprise. This would you. This would. This whole system invites this. It's unbelievable. Now they probably made five hundred million. They're going to pay one seventy two. They're probably all happy about it. They're not like barred. They should have been barred from doing business with Medicare. Now you're talking. I mean, it, it's like if there's the 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 punishment the has to fit is the crime. If that happened, all of them would have to be barred because they're all crooks. Well, so where's the one seventy two go? Back to the policyholders, do you think? <laughs> no. I have no idea where no. it goes. No, it goes into the You always the wonder, where's that money go? Where does, the th where does the money go? It just goes to running their departments is what it does. So, remember a company called Blue Apron? Oh, yeah. Blue Apron uh, skyrocketed on Friday. It agreed to sell itself to food and restaurant company Wonder Group, founded by entrepreneur Mark Laurie for $103 million. Huh. So it was market capped at about 50 million. This is, this is a company that went back many years as the one of the, the the creators of the I don't want to cook, but I want to cook. Yeah. I want to pretend to cook by getting ingredients that I just put in a pan. Yeah. Give and, me the ingredients and a and a note card how to use them. Right. And I follow along and I'm cooking. I'm cooking. I'm a cook. Yep. I'm a chef. Chef of the future. Uh Moving over to California. There's about 10 of those companies, by the way. Yeah, clear, clearly. So this is, you know, these are things you got to watch for. You know, they, they, they never made money really to speak of. Is all paying too much for, you know, advertisement and collection of, 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 of um, subscribers. You know, the whole crap that want to, this is, this is a time when, well, this was before the time, but it, it, it morphed itself into, 
Remember the eyeballs that everybody paid for back in, you know. The oh, big, in the in the 90s. Yeah, everybody paid 90s. the eyeballs. 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 And then we had, you know, Blue Apron with, uh, you know, the amount of subscribers. Then you have Disney Plus and all these other companies with, oh, look at all the subscribers we got overnight. Meanwhile, half of them were probably free and the other uh, half of the half probably dropped it. But they were getting all jacked up because they're all like, hey. Eyeballs. Yeah, eyeballs. More eyeballs. Uh. To your state, California Governor Gavin Newsom. You love that guy, don't you? Everybody loves Gavin. Gavin. He's, he vetoed a bill that would have paid unemployment benefits to striking workers and has drawn strong support from labor unions um, for his uh, from his fellow Democrats and the state legislators. So that's interesting. I don't, I don't, why is the union supporting that? He's a Democrat. But if he's going to veto a bill that would paid unemployment benefits to striking workers. Yeah, which, I know you'd think, right? Yeah. I mean, in, no, there's no logic to the Democrat mindset. No. In rejecting the bill, Newsom noted that the state's unemployment fund is nearing $20 billion in debt. Yeah. Now, how is that if you're supposed to be a, a neutral money in, money out situation? The more people that are employed, the more you, you charge your companies. Well. Twenty Seems billion like screwed up somewhere along the lines. Aaron Cruise Lines, uh, the era of what is being termed as revenge travel. Have you ever done revenge traveling? I don't know what that means. I think that's the like, oh, I was cooped up for a while. I'm getting out no matter what. You know, What's, I, who are you taking revenge against? COVID. <laughs> taking a, yeah, revenge against COVID. So new reports show that after years of inflation, rising travel costs, travelers may finally be be curtailing their travel plans. And yeah, and when you have on top of that the cost of a cruise and um, inflation, the cost of everything that's going on, maybe people, you know, maybe you should be looking at uh, some of these uh, travel companies, whether it's airlines that are getting just blown out right now, cruise lines that are back in trouble again. Not to mention the heavy load of debt that Carnival and Royal Caribbean. You know, they have big, big, big debt. So, something to, to look at. Yeah, that is a good idea. Mm -hmm. And uh, closing it up on this topic, before we get into the dumb that needs discussion, this you're going to like. You know, Costco, which is home of the, just a savory and delicious golden rotisserie chicken, right? You know what I'm talking about. Oh, well, yeah, and I have a tip for everybody oh, who ever yeah. buys these things. yes. We love $4.95, I think, these chickens. Get the chicken that is touching the top of the lid. They'll bring out about, you know, at a time, they'll bring out about 30 chickens. So pack, and pack them up in this little container and this lid, a see-through lid. If the chicken is touching the top of the lid, that's the chicken you want. Yeah, so the breast, in other words, it's not like the chicken has a hand that it's going out and reaching. No, and no, so the, the chicken itself, the body of the chicken is touching the top of the lid. That indicates it's a slightly bigger chicken and it actually is juicier. It's a better chicken. It's plumping while it's, while it's cooking. So now, as we said, Costco's selling that. You know what else they're selling right now? Gold bars. Are they selling them at cost? It seems that, here's it, the retail warehousing giant is your one-stop shop for one-ounce gold Pamp Swiss Lady Fortuna versus scan bars handsomely detailed and ready for purchase. 
Oh, those things in a little container, yeah. Right. Only allowed two per customer, only available online, which means they get delivered. I don't know about you. I don't think they have any serial numbers and stuff, right? I would like to maybe just intercept those drivers' deliveries. Just saying. Well, somebody will. So here's a picture of it. Here You can see the picture of it. See that? Let's see. It's a, it's a PAMP. One-ounce gold bar. And it's like nineteen hundred. We call it a gold bar. It's a it's a small. It's not even that. It's a big. trinket. It's a trinket. It's pretty though. Twenty four karat gold. Non returnable. Two per membership. Hmm. So they've got the scarcity value. Gets a four point nine rating. Out of what? Out of five. Out of five, I guess. Hmm. Okay. Huh. There you go. Yeah. Costco selling everything. Yeah, it's it's different. So uh, just to, to chicken, but yeah, well, the gold bar has the same you know the same philosophy. You know that, right? If the top of the gold bar, yes, yeah, touching the plastic, that's the one to get. That's the one to bigger. get. Exactly, it's got to be bigger. So, <laughs> um, so let's just uh, bring this all the way back to the the top of the show discussion where I was talking about the dumb inflation which is this random storm that's just affecting everybody. We're all victims. So one of the things we see right now, video game performers prepared to strike for more pay and protections. Video game performers. This is the, these are the people. What does that, that even mean? So this is like the voiceovers. Some of them maybe stand in um, people that have like all the white, the, the, the green suit with the white things on it. So they can jump around with, a, with all yeah. the ping pong balls right. all attached to them. Right. So they can create the movement yeah. of the, and, and all the people that, that do, like, um, maybe some of the, What's it called in, in the movies where you have, like, the horse galloping? What is Sound and, effect, man. What, there's a name for that, though. There is? Yeah, where they make the wind and the... You know, they, they do it <laughs> to the... It's called rustic um, sound. I have no idea what it's called. I always thought it was just the sound effects, man. Um... Or person, I guess, would be the new term. Folly, folly, folly. Folly is created by the folly? sound artist mimicking the actual sound source from recording studio. All of them, huh. there are many little sounds. So they got one guy with the, you know, the other guy says that. So the car, the car door closes. You know, they have a sound. That's not really the car sound. It's it's, it's a canned folly. Or maybe it's foley. Foley, I think it's foley. Any voice actors and motion picture capture performers in the multi-billion dollar video game industry voted overwhelmingly on Monday to authorize a strike if negotiations on a new labor contract set to begin Tuesday's fails. Same states for another yeah. strike again. Yeah, you've been. You, this is you're trying. You're going to rub it in that you've got you've got these. There's another. There was another strike besides this one I saw coming up. You this have this problem. thing about uh, all these strikes. Strikes. I think it's going to be a cascading effect, and it's going to cause more inflation, and it's going to be very bad. Yeah, this, but no, this is how you continue good. with um, higher an escalation of, of pricing, because the more money they get, the more money they're going to spend. Isn't that the point? They said it outright. We need more money to spend. So instead of that, the strike should be on spending. That's what you do. You start slowing your spending and prices come down. 
It's a simple supply and demand dynamic. Now, I'm sure you're sitting there saying, oh, that Horowitz, yeah, sure. I'm going to stop spending on water. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the excess where you think that money is forever. Yeah. And you spend, 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 even though you know something expensive. For example, I'll give you an example of what I did. There's a bag of this Cape Cod potato chips, 40% less fat. You've seen them? I've seen them. Yep, it's a bag. $8.49. I'm like, we got that. What? Seemed- For a bag of potato chips? Yeah, one of the big ones, right? One of the big ones. I'm like, how that- big is it? It must be the size of a house. <laughs> I, I looked at it. I'm like, that's a, that, that seems expensive. There's a couple days ago. That's ex- and besides that, who's going to want to eat that much potato chips? Me. I like potato chips. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so listen to Dr. Brown. Yeah. Buh, fat bastard, Andrew. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so, uh, the, uh, I said it's eight, it's eight forty nine for the bag. And I said, it's, it, it's, it seems really expensive. Ah, I'll buy it anyway. You know? So. No punchline. No, no. My no, point no is, we need to go on. Or anything. We need to go on a, on on a spending strike. That will stop everything. Not this. Yeah, other well, then you tell, tell, hey, take your own advice. Do you want to know how to get a raise and have more money? Stop spending so much. It's not all about the squeezing out of the, the the big man. We can have control of it. Not be the victim of what is going on. This whole thing is ridiculous. Ass backwards and back asswards. Thank you. You're I welcome. Better. I feel so much better now. <laughs> you have anything to say about this at all? Well, the problem with inflation seems to be that it encourages more buying because people say, well, sh- heck, I better buy now because the price is going to be higher next month. Mm-hmm. So I'll buy now. And it, just the same thing like deflation where people say, well, I'm not going to buy anything because it's going down in price. It's going to be cheaper. It's a, it's a, it's a kind of a psychological issue. Yeah. Crazy. Mm-hmm. By the way, my iPhone that I have Instagram and Uber on, the older one, doesn't overheat. So just saying. It overheats now? It does not because. That's it, what I would do. That's a good trick I, Apple can pull. What's that? Crank up the old ones to make them overheat. Yeah, so you buy a new one that overheats also. Yeah, so what difference does it make? You got an old one, a new one, who cares? Yeah, I guess so. All right, let's get to the game. Here we go. This is a game that we play. It's not a solicitation to buy or sell any security. It's not a recommendation of any kind. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk, along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Horowitz, a company myself, or John C. Dvorak may invest in any of the securities mentioned, and we'll disclose that on the website under the weekly stock picks section. You can go to dhunplugged.com and see all the names we discussed in the segment, along with the performance information from the date discussed, as well as any additional important disclosures. Still looking pretty, sir. Overwhelmingly yeah. short. I know. It's funny to look at this. I, I don't list. think that we were, you know, I, I was thinking about this. I don't think that we were like, okay, markets are rolling over. We need to get short. Because this is a, a culmination of shorts dating back to to May. We've just been short. Well, I've been mostly shorting everything. Well, I got and, one, two. And in fact, if I look at the longs up here, like uh, one you did, Devon uh-huh. Ford, if I had shorted it, I'd yeah. be up. 
That's correct. Moderna, which you also went long with, if I had shorted it, way up. Yep. But I have Enphase uh, Energy, which is down 7%, and I got uh, Shark Ninja up 8%. Those were both longs. Yeah, that's true. One's down and one's up. And then I got, let's see, I got Nike buying. Yeah, had, that's had, a good one. Had a good quarter, okay, by the way. Maybe turning up, turning around. So I got yeah. one pick for this week. You got I mentioned it. I'm going to go uh, long TLT. No, that's the short, though, right? No, that's the long. That's like, well, that that's, is assuming, the long. that's assuming that makes the assumption that rates are going to go lower. I'm gonna. Can I take the opposite? Yeah. So you want either short TLT or TBT, which is a double short. Well, let's go with the the other one, CBT or whatever it's called. T TBT. T TBT. TBT. Uh, let's which do. Is a long. That's a short. Okay. So you're gonna go long. You're going long, but you're going short. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm going long with the thing that's essentially a short. Right. So this is. Uh, Taking opposite side. JCD. They'll probably both go dead. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> 10-4. Okay. I got my money where my mouth is. I kind of uh, bulked up on that today, by the way. Yeah, you did it. You did the real deal. I'm not doing anything. Yeah. Uh, All right. All right. Well, until next week, uh, I'll be uh, up in. Uh, Which will be 10-10 day, people oh, should note. That's fantastic. Love that 1010. 10. Very lucky. The number day. of times that 1010 10 day has fallen on a show, I don't think it's happened but once. Well, everybody, bet, really, if you want to do something special, it's time to donate. So go over to the donation page anywhere on DH Unplugged. There's a little yellow button and click away. And you know what? I know that I said don't spend, but this is one of the things you should spend on because we're telling you the things you should and shouldn't do in order to help you. And this is kind of like advice advice you never want to skimp on. My opinion. Or at exactly. least ideas. Or better said, probably entertainment. <laughs> okay? That's probably better said. Forget the advice discussion. It's entertainment. Entertainment. All right, I'll see you again next week. All right. Adios. Bye. You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon. Bye-bye. Now, I'm not broke, but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent, cause I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. <laughs> yes, sir. In my pockets, there's a dent. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now, here's a hint. I feel like a man. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care. No millionaire can give me the ice stack. Cause I got a dollar. My last dollar bill. <laughs> Horowitz Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.